Hey, I'm Jane Oakley, a Matilda alumni footballer, number 36, and you're listening to Radio Karen. Stay tuned. Hey guys, and welcome to the 37th edition of the In The Sand Show. Today, we're covering the mega two weeks of Melbourne boxing, and we're joined with the former Australian and Australasian heavyweight champion, Chris Terzievsky. So let's get into the news. So the first fights we're going to have a look at are the big time boxing card. This was last Saturday at the Melbourne Pavilion and it was a stacked local domestic card and that's great from Melbourne Boxing and Brian Amatruda. They put on a great card. It was 12 professional fights in total. We're just going to have a look at uh, five, five at the moment. Um, the first fight we're going to have a look at is Ray Demachki. He's a local fighter. He owns Rare Breed in Mordialican Fights out of Beast Gym in Chelsea. He's the local fighter. Last fight, he didn't get the job done. He tore his bicep, unfortunately, uh, in the first round against Michael Coco. Had to pull out of that fight and unfortunately lost it. And that was his first loss on his record. And after a year and a bit layoff, that after that fight, he called his retirement and he was back. Um, not He was up against a tough opponent, but it was just tough to see what he was going to bring because he had a record of four wins, 16 losses. Last win, he, his last fight was his last win where he knocked out um, an opponent up in the Gold Coast. So he's got power. And I think that was something that Ray was looking for in a fight. Uh, someone with power that can definitely um, pose a threat, but also show that show the class that Ray has. And I think that's what happened. First round came out, Ray was on top. And his jabbers landing, just combinations. But Hayden Wright didn't back off. Just kept on coming forward, coming forward. Um, had a pretty hard head, as it looked like it. And Ray got the fight stopped in the fourth round by TKO. It was a bit of a controversial one because Hayden Wright didn't look like he was that hurt. But he definitely was. And the ref said that was enough. He's had too much damage over the four rounds. And if the ref didn't stop it. I thought Ray was going to knock him out in the next 30 seconds max. 30 seconds max. He was just taking some huge shots and he wasn't going down. Showed that he's got an actual chin on him and he's a veteran of the heavyweight boxing scene in Australia. So that was a great win from Ray's comeback fight. I think he's fighting on May the 16th again. It's just been booked. Not 100% sure his opponent, um, but I'm sure he'll put on another great show. Next fight we're going to have a look at is in the flyweight division, Kalu versus Wirachon. Now, Kalu f- normally fights at minimum weight, so that's the lowest uh, weight class in boxing. And we don't have many of them in Australia. We've got uh, we've got Kalu, and we've also got Alex Winwood. So Alex Winwood is going to go on to fight for a world championship in two fights. So. It's good to see these minimum weights doing really well, showing off the class that we actually have in Australia, not only at heavyweight, but also down at the lowest weight class. And I'm pretty sure it's about 47, 48 kilos. So really light boys. Alex Winwood got the job done um, a cup on last Friday night. And he'll be on his next fight to fight in the WBC World Title Eliminator. So he's two fights away from winning a world championship. And that's great from him. But now Carlu. Kalu had a great performance against Wirachon. Now, Kalu's also undefeated. And it was just going to be a really interesting matchup because Kalu's not the tallest of fighters. And and every fight he 
fights the guys taller and I think that was the only real threat was up against Carlu. Carlu was 5-0 then. He's now 6-0. He's a Victorian silver, silver middleweight champion. And I think that he could definitely go on to spark the world scene. He's got that power in him. It's just um, his height is the only question mark. And and his performance on uh, last Saturday night against Wirichon was unbelievable. You could tell he just kept coming forward, kept coming forward, landing these big shots. And eventually the fight got stopped and it was in the second round and showed the power Carly had. It was another another big supported fighter in uh, the Melbourne Pavilion. And I'm sure he's going to go on to bigger and better things uh, in Australia. And hopefully an Australian title could come next or even if he moves on to the international scene and uh, fights potential in the world rankings. And a fight that could definitely happen in the future, Alex Winwood versus Carl Lou. I reckon that would be a brilliant fight. Two Australian minimum weights. Hopefully by then it will be for a world title, but that's just if that happens. And I definitely believe that Carl Lou has the, has the potential to go that far in his career and fight someone of that caliber because he's definitely got got the strength. He's got the... He's got everything, pretty much. He's the full package, and as a middleweight fighter, that's, that's unbelievable. Next fight we're going to look at is someone we had on the show, Troy Pilcher. He fought. He fought Louis Masters. Now this was at cruiserweight. Troy Pilcher normally fights at heavyweight. He just came off a huge win against Randall Raymond for the heavyweight Australasian title, and his last fight he beat Hayes Happy for the um sorry the. Queensland Heavyweight Championship on a no-limit card. So, Troy Pilcher's got that power, and he came down to Cruiserweight to fight Louis Masters. I think this was a bit of a last-minute matchup because it got announced only a couple of weeks before the fight took place, and I thought this was going to be one to really circle. I made sure I tuned into this one, um, all guns blazing. I, I thought Louis Masters definitely had the power to, to showcase uh, to the audience because he, he dropped Jackson Murray in his last fight. Now, Louis Masters doesn't have the best record. He's 3-6, and six, but he's got that power, and he's got these huge overhand rights and lefts that definitely hurt opponents. He dropped Jackson Murray in his last fight on a no-limit fight card um, up in Sydney. Jackson Murray was then undefeated. He was 4-0, and oh, and he only got um, the judge's decision, and people could have saw it. Even Louis Masters won that fight, but... Louis Masters has that power, and that was something that Troy Pilcher had to be aware of. Troy Pilcher was undefeated and knocked out every one of his opponents he's faced. So it was a good matchup, but this one was at Cruiserweight. This was down at um, Cruiserweight. Troy Pilcher normally fights at Heavyweight. Louis Masters is a regular light heavyweight, should fight at light heavyweight. Um, that's his most suitable weight class. And and it was a really interesting one. Troy Pilcher came forward, got hit with some big punches, gave some big punches. But as much as Louis Masters looked like he was landing these huge shots, he didn't get the uh, job done on the judges' scorecards, which was fair enough. I, I thought Troy Pilcher won the fight and won pretty comfortably in the end on the judges' scorecards. And now that Troy Pilcher's moved down to uh, Cruiserweight for this fight, maybe we could see him fight um, at Super Cruiserweight. And I think him at Super Cruiserweight would be wonderful to new division that's been announced by the Australian Board of Boxing the AMBF uh, and I think it's great 
the WBC came out a couple years ago and introduces weight classes in between the cruiserweight and the and the heavyweight um, limits. And the only belt that's recognised it at the moment is the WBC, and it's called the Bridgeweight title. And who are joined with today, uh, Chris Terzievsky, he's ranked number five in the world with them at that weight class. And and it, and in Australia, we've got a lot of fighters that can fight a cruiserweight, heavyweight, and that in-between is perfect. We just saw Fager Opalu beat Moster Neiman for the World Boxing League Super Cruiserweight World Championship couple weeks ago and Fagopoulou uh he's got that got that world strap uh underneath his belt now but it's not a big recognized belt and I'm not sure if he'll go on to defend it or what he'll do that'll be interesting but this super cruiserweight division in Australia could definitely grow I'm sure Troy Pilcher will go have a look at it Chris Terzievsky said in his interview to tune into after that um he definitely wants to fight in that division and and go internationally in that division. So it's really good for Australia Australia to have this super cruiserweight division to showcase that talent where people are too light for heavyweight or too heavy for cruiserweight. Just in between. Perfect. And this Troy Pilcher Louis Masters card uh fight, sorry, just showcase the talent that Troy Pilcher had. He got the job done. He's still undefeated and, and definitely a force to be reckoned with in the Australian boxing scene. Now, the next fight we're going to have a look at is Chris Terzievsky taking on his Tanzanian opponent. Now, Chris Terzievsky came out all guns blazing in this fight. He really dominated the fight and got, got the job done in the last round, the eighth round, uh, as his opponent's corner threw in the towel. And I think that was a testament to his performance. Chris Terzievsky really came out um, really strongly after a bit of a layoff due to an ankle injury in his last fight against Fagopoulou, where that was a draw in the end. There was He got knocked down, and Fagopoulou jumped on top of him, hurt his ankle, and that fight just got um, called a draw. So now Chris Terzievsky's back. He's going to come back for another fight in March, and that was a great performance to really kickstart his career again after that bit of a layoff um, in his last fight. Now, he said he's also going to be looking to fight in that Bridgeweight class, and... Hopefully, he's going to go on to the international scene with that fight. Now, the next fight we're going to have a look at is Lucas Miller, who we also had on the show last week, up against Flynn Macon for the Australian Light Heavyweight Championship. This was Lucas Miller's second defense for this Australian title in his last fight. He got his revenge over Jackson King to defend his Australian Championship. He got the job done in 10 rounds. Um... It was a unanimous decision victory for Lucas Miller. Now, he's facing Flynn Makem, who fought Alex Walters' last fight for the Australian Super Middleweight Championship. Now, Alex Walters is no pushover fighter. Alex Walters, he's only faced the one loss, and that was to Andre Mikhailovich. And Andre Mikhailovich has now gone on to bigger and better things, and he's fighting in a world title eliminator. Now, Alex Walters is a two-time Australian uh, champion, and Flynn Makem went the distance with him. So... Flynn Macon really showed that he's actually a, a talent in this division. And this was no pushover fight for Lucas Miller. Lucas Miller came into the fight. It was a really tough fight for both fighters. Both of them landed some real strong shots. And I thought Lucas Miller done enough 
in the end to get the job done. Went to the judges' decision, and Lucas Miller, still the Australian champion, uh, he got the win by unanimous decision. Got the nod from all three judges. Now, hopefully, Lucas Miller can go on to bigger, bigger and better things. I think maybe I reckon a, a fight with Connor Wallace and Lucas Miller would be unbelievable. Now, Connor Wallace is the other big light heavyweight in the Australian division. He's world ranked and he's got all the all the regional belts. I think if Lucas Miller goes on to defend at once, which I think he will, um, the Australian title once, I think a fight with Connor Wallace would be unbelievable. And I think he can go on and, and showcase his talent and really upset Connor Wallace. And I think he's definitely got the talent too. Uh, Lucas Miller fought a really good fight, defended his title, and I'm sure he's going to go into bigger and better things as well. The next fight we're going to have a look at was on a team. Alice boxing card and this was Mitch Leake taking on Lachlan Higgins. This is for the Australasian super middleweight title. Now this is a really interesting matchup. Mitch Leake's undefeated. He's been majority of the domestic super middleweights uh, in his division and Lachlan Higgins is another really interesting fighter as well. He's got some huge wins over some really notable Australian opponents including Ben Hussein where he knocked him out. Now, Ben Hussein, if you don't know, is now going to be world-ranked. And so, Lachlan Bubba Higgins is no pushover fight for Mitch Leake. And this was Mitch Leake's toughest test in his professional career. Now, I thought Bubba Higgins could definitely upset Leake. Because Mitch Leake, he's fought some real good domestic names. But no one as notable as Bubba Higgins has in Ben Hussein. He's... Fought uh, Ben Marnie and, and some really, really good opponents in Australia. And I think his experience is just going to get over uh, Leake. And this one didn't go long at all. So first round came in, which Leake dropped Bubba Higgins. And I was, I was pretty shocked. I was like, oh, I, I wasn't expecting something like this to happen um, this early on in the fight. And Bubba Higgins got back up and... Then got dropped with a huge left hand. Now this is this could definitely be um, one of the knockouts of the year. Uh, it was a huge left hand left hook from Mitch Leake, and he really caught Bubba Higgins, and and that was it. The ref called the end to that fight, and Mitch Leake still undefeated. He's going to go on to have that Australasian title. I think he should go on to fight Alex Walters now. If Team Ellis want to take that step with him, maybe they think it's too early or. Maybe they're not sure. Maybe Alex Walters has too much power or talent and they don't want to risk uh, Mitch Leake in that fight. But I think if the two uh, two teams agree to it, I think Mitch Leake versus Alex Walters for, for, for the Australian Super Middleweight Championship would be a great fight. Now, Alex Walters, again, really tough opponent. Fought some good guys. Good guys. Really, he's he's a tall and very well built fighter, but I think Mitch Leake has some power, and and, and I think he could shock uh, Australia Australia in that fight. Now the next fights we're gonna have a look at were on the Wild Fighter card. Now this card was last Saturday night as well. It was a really good fight card again. Domestic talent. This was headlined by Andrew Maloney fighting for the WBO Global Super Flyweight Championship. Now. We're going to have a look at the two title fights on this card. The first title fight was Chloe Chaos taking on Caitlin Beckett for the Victorian Middleweight Women's Championship. Now, this was a really interesting matchup. 
This was a revenge matchup as well. These two faced each other 14 weeks ago, also on a wildfighter card. Um, and this one went the distance and the judges couldn't pick a winner. It was a draw and I think this fight was just really interesting to see who would come back and try and take the lead earlier on because in the last fight, Chloe Chaos took the early rounds and Caitlin Becker came back late and took the fight to a draw. Whoever was going to take the early rounds for me was going to take the fight. Now, for the Victorian middleweight championship, the stakes are higher. Chloe Chaos comes into the fight with one of everything, one win, one draw, one loss. And Caitlin Becker comes in with just the one draw. She was a debutante in the, in their last fight. Chloe came, Chaos came out really strongly. She came out with a jab and she, it was a really, really brawl type fight. These two didn't really want to box a lot. They just came in with a clinch and just throwing some real haymakers. And and that's why I think Chloe Chaos got the job done. It was something that Caitlin Beckett probably didn't really want um, in the fight. She wanted to take the early rounds and Chloe Chaos just looked like the better boxer. Caitlin Beckett looked like she gassed a bit early and Chloe Chaos got the job done um, in considerable fashion by unanimous decision. Now we're going to have a look at the main event. Andrew Maloney comes back after his world title loss earlier on in the year. He's back in Melbourne, his hometown. Uh, it was the first time he fought in Melbourne since he won the WBA Interim Super Flyweight Championship. Now, he's up against, was up against Judy Flores. Now, Judy Flores was number 15 in the WBA rankings. It's for the WBA Global title, so uh, a title within the WBO. And I think this was a really good matchup and a really good, real good matchmaking from Will Tomlinson, the promoter of Wildfighter. Andrew Maloney came back really strong and he had a lot of support in the crowd, obviously his hometown, and he fought really well. Some judges gave it a shutout and, and I, I thought Maloney fought really well and he's definitely on the cusp of fighting for a world title again and I'm sure he'll get that next year as well. That wraps up my reviews of the mega two weekends of Melbourne boxing. Hope you enjoyed it. Now we're joined with the Australian and Australasian heavyweight champion Chris Terzievsky. Hi, this is Matt Joe Gow, and you're listening to Radio Karam, which is local community internet radio. And uh, we were having a chat about community radio earlier and how important it is to Melbourne, how important it is to the scene here, the music scene, but also the wider community. So check out Radio Karam, tune in. Welcome back to the In The Stand show, and now we are joined with the former Australian and Australasian heavyweight champion, Chris Terzievsky. So first of all, Chris, how are you going? Good, mate. Good. How are you? Good. Just over a week ago, you got the job done in your last fight against a Tanzanian opponent. How do you think you performed? Yeah, look, I was happy with the performance. It was uh, it was a good eight rounds. I ended up stopping him in the last round. So, yeah. boxed the game plan and got the job done. It was good. It was a tough one to break down. Uh, he just kept coming back at you. Do you think that like perf- like was a threat to you? Um. He, he was definitely tough. I think um, uh, my team and everyone said he, he was a, he's a bit of a big puncher. So we just had the box smart, keep him at range. Um, up, I think after probably the second or third round, I started getting my timing down and slowly worked him out and obviously felt better as it went on. Yeah. You know much about him in the lead up to the fight. Was there anything you wanted to expose in the fight? No, nah, I didn't know too much about him. Um, I saw one or two fights on YouTube, but... Surprisingly, actually fought better 
was a little bit quicker, a little bit stronger than what I thought from watching him on tape. Yeah. But um, I didn't see too much of him. Yeah. So in your first fight of the year, didn't go to plan. You got injured against Fago Apollo. How was your recovery from for that injury? Yeah, look, not too bad. It was a bit of a process. Took a while. Um, just I've had an- ankle injuries in the past. So um, just, uh, yeah, it's, it's one of those things. It's a process. Obviously, I have to go through the strength phase, building it back up. And then um, once we got back into the boxing sort of stuff, everything sort of flowed from there. And like I said, it took a bit of time, but it was good to sort of get back in after that injury. Yeah. yeah. Do you think a trilogy uh, could happen against Opelu? Yeah, man. Yeah, potentially next year. Um, definitely could be something on the cards for sure. Yeah. So you've been booked to fight on March the 16th. Will he be the opponent or do you know he'll be fighting? Um, to be honest, I actually just saw that I got booked for that. So um, it's something that we're going to work towards. We haven't spoke about opponents or anything like that. They must have, um, my promoter must have just thrown out the date and something to sort of work towards and get ready towards, but we haven't gone over opponents or anything like that. Yeah, the AMBF has just brought out the Super Cruiserweight division. Is that something that you want to enter? Yeah, well, I'm actually ranked number five in the world in the Bridgeweight division, which is um, yeah. the same same weight. So ultimately, man, if I can um, maybe have one more domestic fight and then I want to look to jump on world level and fight some of these guys that are ranked in the top 10 in that division. Yeah, that would, that would be great. Um, what does your camp look over Christmas? look like over Christmas? Um, for the next few weeks, it'll just be sort of ticking over, you know what I mean? We've got the team, we'll be working on just skill building, nothing too crazy, just sort of tick over until the new year. And then um, as soon as the new year starts, we'll, we'll ramp up camp again. Yeah. Your most notable fight was against the infamous Paul Gallon. You got the job done in that fight. How was that experience on a big stadium card, on a no-limit card? How was that? Yeah, that was mad, man. That was a sick experience. Um, fighting on a No Limit card, pay-per-view, main event, um, it was definitely my biggest highlight so far in my career. And, uh, yeah, it's something I'll remember for a long time. It was, it was actually some buzz. Like, first time I fought out of Melbourne as well as a professional, yeah. um, sort of going in as the B-side and then getting that win and how I did it. It was, um, it was awesome. Yeah, but that wraps up all my questions today, Chris. Thank you. I really appreciate it and I wish you all the best. You're right, brother. Thank you so much. That wraps up the In The Sand Show for this week. So thank you for listening to the In The Sand Show. I'll catch you next week. Hi, everybody. This is Witch from Spiderbait. When I'm passing through Karam, aside from slowing down to 50 kilometres an hour and reminisces about doing the Eel Race Road Rumba or the Watley Street Wiggle, I like to tune in to Radio Karam and get down with the good vibes. Oi, 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 oi. IGA is shopping nights. IGA where the price is right. Seaford North IGA for your groceries and liquor. IGA Express, there's nothing quicker.